Hello and welcome to the Disruptors podcast. This is part two in the series to the interview with the most controversial and hated man on the planet, Andrew Tate. If you've not listened to part one, go listen to the episode before. For those of you who have listened to part one, let's just get straight into this part two with Andrew Tate. But if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. So round three is a bit more lighthearted. It's, um, would you fight? Would I fight? Him? Yeah, well, that's what's coming. <laughs> before, I've got five people I want to ask you about, but before we do, yeah. what do you think of the um, plethora, the growth of all these YouTubers who are now getting into celebrity fighting, KSI, Jake Paul, Logan Paul? What do you think of this movement? I think it's a really good thing. I think it's the old-fashioned way, a straightener, you know? Instead of making stupid YouTube videos at each other all day long, insulting each other back and forth like, like girls, they're saying, meet me on this day and time and fight. I respect that. That's how I was raised. That was my career. Anyone I had a problem with, I fought. And the better man walked out as a winner. I think it's the best thing that could possibly happen for society. Good. Hope it keeps happening. Hope every time YouTubers disagree, they fight. Good. Good. It's better than making YouTube videos at each other back and forth like fucking girls. And anyone who's made a YouTube video about me, like True Jordy is one. He's a fat fuck. I need to get destroyed by me, but he's scared. There's some guy called Hassan, which is some... He's a strange guy. He wears dresses. I'm not sure why he decides to dress. He dresses like a girl all the time. And he has long hair. He's weird. I'd love to whoop his ass. But, but these people are afraid to see me in the cage, right? Because they know I'd absolutely not destroy So them. you would go and have a fight with them? Completely. Because I know I'd win. And yeah. they deserve it. But that's why they'll never do it, right? They'll just do YouTube videos about, about me. But they'll never actually meet me in fair competition. Which, which invalidates their entire opinion. Yeah. Right? So if someone goes, I disagree with Andrew, but I'm scared to ever see Andrew. Well, then who gives a fuck what you think? You're all pussies. So... They're all cowards. All of my enemies are cowards. So, yeah, but I think it's a great thing. If, if people who disagree with me had to meet me in the cage, there'd be a lot less stupid videos on the internet. But can't we disagree without fighting? What's the bottom line of society? But it doesn't always get to the bottom line. But it doesn't because of the threat of the bottom line. If I, dis- if I had a fight every time I disagreed with someone, fucking I'd be fighting all day every day. No, but I'm saying the reason that, you, the reason that there isn't a fight every time, and I'm not saying we should live in a complete savagery, but I'm saying it is the bottom line of differing mm. opinions, right? The reason war eventually happens is two governments disagree to the point where discourse breaks down. We try discourse. Of course we do. Mm. But the only reason discourse is even respected in the first place, the only reason you'll even have a delegation from another country and entertain them is because you understand that that country has an army. If that country had no army at all, when their delegation came, you'd say, get fucked and just ignore them completely. Mm. It is the bottom line. It is the underpinning of possible violence that makes you try and avoid the violence. Mm. It's the underpinning of society. So if I've had cordial conversations with idiots on the internet, which are so stupid and dense that they cannot possibly understand how inferior they are to me. And we've now reached the bottom line. What's the bottom line? So how come you've never had any of these fights? Because they won't fight me because they are cowards. Right. That's that's it. Mm. So this is my point. So I agree with you. You've had discussions that didn't end in violence, as have I, of course. But whether you realized it or not, those underpinnings have always been there. Mm. And people and humans intrinsically know this, and I'll tell you why. Because men... If you disagree, normal men, day to day, you will have an argument differently with a seven foot tall man than you would a five foot tall man. Whether you notice it, whether it's subconscious or not, you will talk to him differently, you will explain your opinions differently, and your body language will be different because you understand if you disagree too much, what's gonna happen. Mm. That's the reality, Mm. I've seen it myself. I know how people argue with me because they know I'm so capable. Mm. Very few, no one shouts in my face. Funny that. I wonder why. That's how the world works. Mm. So these YouTubers, 
Um, do you think they've really disrupted how fights are promoted and boxing and UFC? Do you think they've been good or bad? Because boxing and UFC has sort of not really embraced them fully. Good question. I don't think they can affect the UFC. I think the UFC is the premier fighting organization on the planet. I think Dana White is a genius. I think that they are completely and utterly insulated from any of this garbage, especially the fact that the YouTubers are boxing and not necessarily fighting in the cage. Mm. I think that it's been very good for boxing because I think boxing was dead. Boxing was a corpse, but it was like an alive corpse. It was like Broadway. No one really cares, but it's kind of there. But you kind of want it to stay, but no one really cares. Yeah. It was kind of how it was. There's a few big superstar names, but in general, nobody gives a shit about boxing anymore. Everyone cares about MMA. All the children are going to MMA. Everyone's moving over. UFC now owns the fight world. Um, and boxing needs interest. And I think that the YouTubers are bringing interest to the sport. So mm. I think it's a fantastic thing. Mm. So would you fight Jake Paul? Good question. That was in conversations at some point. I think Jake Paul is a man who is very dedicated to his craft. He is not just a YouTuber. Jake Paul is a boxer. He spends his life training. He has a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of resource. The idea that he's just a YouTuber is foolish. KSI is just a YouTuber. Jake Paul is a boxer, and he is certainly the best of all the influencers who are currently fighting today, hands down. Would I fight him? Well, there's not a man on earth I wouldn't fight. It just depends on the scenario. Depends on the situation. For me to fight Jake Paul, it wouldn't be for money, because I don't need money. It wouldn't be for influence, because I'm more famous than him. It would be either a personal beef, or me deciding that it was good for me and my brand. It would be a decision I would make very consciously, but I couldn't be bought into it. I couldn't be, I couldn't say, hey, you'll be famous. I'm the most famous man on the planet. I don't, I don't care, right? Um, but certainly he'd be the only challenge of any of them. He wouldn't be easy to beat. I would knock him to sleep, of course but it would take more than one round. But the rest of them are all just, just clowns. But Jake Paul is a different, he's a different league to the rest. So would you fight KSI then if the rest are clowns? Absolutely. I, I, KSI said my name at the end of his last fight. I said yes, then he came out and said I'm too big all of a sudden. He shit himself. So he's a clown. And if, if Jake were to fight any of them clowns, Jake would destroy all of them. Jake is a boxer, the rest are clowns. Mm. Sure, I'd fight KSI. But like I said, I need a genuine reason to do so. I don't need money. I'm, I'm, I'm so much, I am so many times richer than these people. Like the infinitesimal, like these guys are, are, they're still performing. They're still performing in a circus for, for pennies, whether it's boxing or anything else. And I did it myself, but you get to a certain level of wealth where you realize I'm beyond it. I'm above it and beyond it. But if I, if KSI genuinely upset me, then sure. Mm. I'll have a straightener and whoop his ass. Why not? Would you fight Floyd Mayweather? No. And I got offered that fight. Huh? Got offered that fight. And he's one of my heroes. So I couldn't bring myself to do it. Right. Even though he's small. And he's, I mean, he's good. I mean, he's James Floyd Mayweather. He's retired and he's small and I'm a lot bigger than him and I'd be fine. I wouldn't get knocked out. I'd be totally fine. He's one of my heroes. He, I think he's the best boxer of all time and I couldn't bring myself. He's to been it. on the show twice. Is he? Yeah. Oh, he, absolutely. He's a hero of mine. I, yeah. love, I, lo I love his story. I love his confidence. I love how he self-hypnotizes. Every single word out of his mouth is self-hypnosis. I love how he hypnotizes his opponents. I love his style. Everyone says he's boring. He is not boring. He is. If you appreciate defense, he's the best he's ever been. I absolutely and utterly love Floyd Mayweather, so I couldn't bring myself to ever throw a punch. I have very few heroes in the world, and he's one of them. Would you fight Mike Tyson? Again, no, because he's now old, and I, I would be an absolutely tragic shame to knock out an old version of his prime self. That doesn't feel fair, you know? Mm. Prime Tyson would have ripped me apart in a boxing match. I'm not a boxer, right? Yeah. 
perhaps if I was a boxer and I was heavier, maybe I can make up a bunch of stories. But the truth is I'm a kickboxer and it's his rule set and he was Mike Tyson. He would have beaten me. So to beat him when he's past his prime just feels dishonorable. And I'd feel dirty for doing that. So there's no amount of money on the planet that could convince me to fight Mike Tyson. Mm. Would you fight Conor McGregor? That's an interesting one, I guess. I mean, he's still in his prime. I'm a lot bigger than him. He's very good. He's very capable. We'd certainly have a lot of good trash talk. <laughs> It'd make a lot of money. But again, I would need a personal problem with him to fight him. The people I want to fight are True Jordy, who I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. So he is, the story between me, behind me and True Jordy is very simple. He found out I ran a webcam company. When I was giving my insights on male-female dynamics, saying that I know these things because I have 75 women who work for me, and I also have 75 women who work for me who are being paid by men. So I see the interaction between the man and the webcam girl. I get to hear about the react interaction between the man and his wife who he doesn't fuck. And then there's the interaction between me and my webcam girls. So it's like a hierarchy of every single level. So I understand all of it. So when I was saying this, he did a takedown video on me saying that I'm, I only know whores and every girl who works for me is a slut and that uh, I'm, I'm a, a pimp and all this crazy shit. And I, and I did a reply video saying, listen, some of the girls who work for me are happily married. I think it's very unfair to judge 75 people you've never met and call them all whores and sluts, especially to sit there. He's a bit fat. To sit there like aggressively screaming at camera that these girls are whores. You don't even know them. He seemed very angry. And my brother said, he's way too angry at these girls. Why does he hate these webcam girls so bad? Turns out, a few months later, some messages leaked between him and a webcam girl. That's where his hatred came from. And the messages are him begging to be dominated. He wanted to dildo up his ass. He wanted her to cheat on him. He wanted to worship her, all these crazy shit. And it's all there with his name on it. So then I did another video saying, oh, so it's obviously clear why you had a problem with the girls who work for me because you're begging them to dildo you and they're saying, you know, it costs this much and I guess you want it for free. I don't know. He had a deep hatred for women. And I identified that. Um, he obviously shut up after that a little bit. He went away. He came back. Then he said my name a few times. And I said, listen, my friend, we've had our conversations. You've assaulted all the girls who worked for me who were very nice girls. He made some full-grown women cry. I had, to I, had to I had to console them and say, listen, don't listen to this guy. He made full-grown women break down and cry. He's a bad person. He turns out to be a sexual deviant who was mocked on the internet for a very long time. And some people may have forgotten, but I certainly haven't. Our conversations are pretty much over. What's the bottom line? So the only way he can restore honor after begging for a dildo up his ass is to meet me in the cage and beat me. Because then he gets to say, I beat up Andrew Tate and he can stop being a dildo lover. But if he refuses to do that, then he can stay a dildo lover for the rest of his fucking human years and just hide from me. But if he wants to fight me, I will meet him in the cage any day of the fucking week. Bare knuckle, twice on a Sunday. And then he can go from a dildo lover to a dildo lover with a broken face because I will fucking annihilate him. And he knows it, which is why he won't do it. Along with my other detractors, along with the other weirdos, because everyone who dislikes me seems to be weird. Really strange, everyone who's ever made a takedown video of me on a long enough time frame ends up being a sexual deviant, a pedophile. They're all weirdos. Nobody who supports me has ever come out with some weird shit. But everybody who hates me, sooner or later, there's something weird about them because I think they hate themselves and they see me as someone they wish they were, as their idol, but they can't admit that. So their idolization gets warped into a strange form of hate. And that's what happens. The other one's Hassan. He's some guy who lives in California. He's really strange. He has this obsession with female drivers and how they're so good at driving. 
It's a weird guy to talk to. All he talks about is how girls drive better than him. It's weird. Wears dresses. Drinks loads of Mountain Dew. Really weird guy. Like the girls he was dating, they were telling me, yeah, he drinks Mountain Dew all the time. He's very unhealthy. Strange dude. And me and him have had our conversations, and he's scared to debate with me. We debated once, and he lost, and he's scared to debate with me. So our conversation is basically over. I said, look, I'll beat the shit out of you. But he's scared. So I win by default. It's kind of cool to win by default. It's kind of like you turn up to the match, and like you, or flip a coin, and halfway up in the air, they're like, ah, oh, you already win. But these, people are, these people are cowards. So I win by default, because no one respects a coward. So all their points of view are invalid, because of cowards. So, yeah. Bottom line of society, my friend. Mm. So the only people I would fight are people who deserve to be annihilated because I'm an extremely capable person. I'm a feared opponent in all realms of human endeavor. And being in a cage with me, locked inside when I have a personal vendetta against you is probably one of the worst human experiences a man can go through. I will, I will hurt these people. And they know it. So yes, those are the two I would fight. Anyone else would have to come up with a good reason. I have nothing against Connor. kind of like the guy. Mm. So I... It'd have to be a good reason. Let's put it that way. Well, that was a fun round. We've never done a round like that before, have we? Oh, no, we did it with Jake Paul. Yeah, oh. we did a Would You Fight round with Jake Paul, didn't we? That was fun. Um, right. Um, let's move into round six, but I'm going to move it up to round four. Cool. Just throw shit up. Quick fire round. Cool. So, 15 seconds an answer? Perfect. Is happiness the purpose of life? No, absolutely not. Really not. The purpose of life is to be competent and successful. If you try and base your life and your mentality purely around how happy you are, you'll end up hedonistic and destroyed. Are entrepreneurs narcissists? I think you need to be narcissistic to a degree to believe in yourself. I've never seen somebody who gets to the top of the world or the universe in any field who did not have absolute and utter belief in themselves. What's the most expensive item you've ever bought? Besides property, I bought a lot of very, very expensive property. Planes, boats, but besides those things, it will probably be my Bugatti Chiron for $5.2 million. And I also have a very expensive watch, which is close. What do you know that most people don't? I know the secrets of the universe and how to escape the matrix. And I'm trying to make sure that most people know those things. That's why I teach at CobraTate.com, because the more people that escape, the more enemy, the more soldiers I have on my side against the enemy. You're good at this round. <laughs> what big thing have you been wrong about in the last 12 months? That's a very good question. And I'm very self-critical and self-analytical. I actually want to give a longer answer for this one. Do it. Good. I'm never wrong, ever. Because all the times I was wrong, I have punished myself severely. Most humans don't do that. So I can't think of anything I've been wrong about in the last 12 months. It's been years and years and years since I got a call wrong. Like I said, my mental model is designed at predicting the future flawlessly. Most people are happy to be wrong and they don't even apologize to the world or or punish themselves for it. Perfect example, and the reason I keep using this example is because it's so recent, COVID. There are people out there who are shouting at other people in the supermarket to wear a mask, shouting at other humans, you better wear one. Now they I have, must have realized by now that COVID's still here, nobody needs a mask, everything's fine, and you were psyoped and tricked by the media. They, as an honorable adult, should stand up and say, I am sorry. They should do a public post on all their social media. I am sorry I believed the lies. I am sorry I helped purport the enslavement of mankind. I'm sorry I shouted at fellow members of the human race. I am sorry I was a tool of the matrix in its enslavement of man. I am sorry. They don't. You know what's funny? It doesn't even cross their minds. They're, not only they're not sorry, they don't even think about it. I was so wrong to the point that I'm running my mouth screaming at people. And now I realized I'm wrong, but oops, oh well, Slava Ukraine. 
dummies. The reason I'm never wrong is because I punish myself for being wrong. The reason people are wrong all the time is because they don't even know when they're wrong. And once they get told they're wrong, they're like, oh, only human. I'm allowed to make mistakes and yell at people in the supermarket like a fucking dumbass for no reason. That's the, that's the, that's the majority of the human race. I haven't seen any apologies on Facebook from all these people who were pro-fucking and pro-mask. Have you? I haven't seen a single fucking sorry from any of the people who were totally wrong. None. No wonder they're all fucking dummies. Dumb cunts. Sorry, I shouldn't use that word. Dumb fucks. All of them. Hi, it's Rob again. And remember this, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Have you yet joined the Rob.team platform? You can join on Facebook or on my native Rob.team membership area. For just five pounds or five dollars a month, cancel any time. You get 10 pieces of premium content from me a month. Supporter and team only events, meetups and social dinners. Supporter only ask me anything lives with me every two weeks. About five or six, uh, seven day challenges a year, make cash challenges, social media challenges, competitions and prizes. You get discounts and premium ticket upgrades to special events we run. Many of those are supporter only. You get content updates from my three Facebook account managers um, on Instagram and Facebook uh, changes and hacks. You get recordings of all webinars and live stream content I do, which I don't offer out to the public. You get an extra 10% of any and all of my trainings, even the best discounts. You also, if you're one of the first 60 people to go to www.rob.team, get a 15 minute one-to-one -one call with me. And once you've done your first month subscription, I'll be doing those in order. And if you're one of the first 256 people, you get into a supporters team only WhatsApp uh, group. You get my mobile number and we share strategies and tactics. You also get bonuses updated every two weeks. Things like how to write a best-selling book course already in there. Um, all my marketing KPIs that you can use to measure and master your business, how to dramatically increase your fees, um, pre-book PDF documents, my six-stage seven-figure launch course, which was a previously paid-for course for about 500 people online. So you get all that updated regularly. Go right now to www.rob.team. See you there, and you can join either on Facebook if, you're, if that's your social media platform of choice, or on the specially uniquely built platform that I have created just for you. I think you're gonna love it. www.rob.team. I punish myself. If I ever got anything wrong, I would punish myself. If I was wrong about COVID on the scale that most of these people were wrong, I'd be too ashamed to show my face for the rest of the human time. If I was sitting on podcasts purporting the enslavement of man to the level these people have been doing it, I would be too ashamed to walk earth ever again. I would be apologizing profusely for all of my waking years. I would never shut up about how sorry I was for being fucking psyoped. These people do not feel an ounce of guilt, not a single ounce of guilt because they are godless. If they believed in God, they'd understand what they have done wrong and they would feel true mor moral guilt because God put morality inside of all of us. They're godless creatures. They don't feel a fucking ounce of shame, none of them. And that's why they're always wrong. If I forget my keys, if I lose my phone somewhere around the house and I can't find it instantly, I'll say to Tristan, two minutes. I'll go, okay. If I don't find it in two minutes, I punish myself. I'm not allowed to not know where things are. My phone is here. Because when I put it down, I literally think you've put your phone on the windowsill. That's how I operate. I put my phone in the windowsill. 
I know where my car key is exactly. I know where my car is parked. I know the way out of the building. If I go on a ferry or a boat and I go up or down a level, I know how I will get out if the boat tips. Because you think, you, oh, it's only two levels. Wait till it's upside down and full of water. That's how you fucking drown. You don't know. I do. I pay attention because I am perspicacious. Most people misplace their phone, look for it for half an hour, find it, and carry on with their life. And they wonder why they misplace it again. If I misplace my phone, I'll donate $100,000 to charity. Or I'll fast for a day and a half. I won't eat. Or I'll make sure I only have two hours sleep that night. I will punish myself so that next time I put my phone down, I don't want to lose it. That's why everyone's fucking wrong all the time. Because they're dumb fucks. And dumb fucks are happy to just go through life being wrong. Oops. And they'll never feel an ounce of shame. They'll never punish themselves for it. They'll never learn and grow. They'll never turn from a caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly. No. They'll continue to sit there after eating up the entire psyop, being agent of the matrix, attacking their fellow man, attacking their fellow peasants. That's the worst thing about it. They're not even attacking the elites. The elites are in a hot air balloon. And if Earth was about to explode, the elites would just float away and leave everyone to die. The peasants who are on their side and the peasants who aren't on their side. The peasants who are on their side are attacking their fellow man. You have more in common with the man you're attacking in the supermarket for not wearing a mask than you do the person who told you you needed a mask in the first place. I guarantee you that, my friend. Nope. They just participated in the entire PSYOP, were agents of the Matrix, and they feel no shame. And guess what they're going to do when the next PSYOP comes? I'll bet you a hundred million dollars what they're going to do because they won't ever fucking learn because they don't self-analyze. That's why I can sit here and say, I haven't been wrong about anything the last 12 months because I am never fucking wrong because I've trained myself to not be wrong. I am also living in a reality where I'm not allowed to be wrong. If I made mistakes, I would be dead. And that's why I don't. I am one of my sporting heroes. I like cricket. One of my sporting heroes is one of the best cricketers that's ever lived, Kevin Peterson. He's been on my show. And he said every time he got um, out for a low score, even if it was a peach of a ball, he'd go and punish himself for a few hours. Only way to do it. Yeah. Only way to do it. There's only way to live life. Mm. And then you can just stop making mistakes. It's pretty easy to only win if you never lose. (laughs) You win by default. It's a certified way to only win. It's just to never lose. If you never make mistakes and you never lose, guess what happens? Oops. Mm. Billionaire. That was hard. Just just don't misplace your keys. Mm. Easy. Back to the 15 second rule. Sure. (laughs) What's the best advice you ever remember receiving? That's hard because there's so many answers. About 17 answers just went through my head. I can't possibly choose one. One from your dad. Allow manipulation to find out where your enemy wants you to go. Then use your mind to break the trap and punish the perpetrators. And I have to, I have to elaborate. Sorry, I know that's fine. But the reason that's so important is because if you don't know where your enemy wants you to go, you might end up there on accident. If you don't allow your enemy to tell you what they're trying to do to you, you might accidentally end up where they want you to be. So you sit there and you listen to their bullshit head to toe, and you say, "Why?" You don't even ask why. Listen to their bullshit head to toe and say, "Okay, I agree. What do you want me to do?" And when they tell you what they want you to do, you use your mind to break the trap, and you punish the perpetrator. Because once they've told you what they want you to do, you can make sure you never fucking do it. If you never get them to tell you that, they might get you there another way. You might take the B road, right? They might say, we want, him to, we want to get him to do this this way. He doesn't believe it. Well, then let's tell this lie. Ah, now he's doing it. So you allow manipulation to find out where your enemy wants you to go. And use your mind to break the trap and punish the perpetrators.
What's the worst advice you ever remember receiving? Follow your passion. Bollocks. <laughs> Biggest crock of shit. If you're only going to do things you're passionate about and do things you want to do instead of getting up and struggling and doing things you're supposed to do because you have a duty to God and to yourself, you are going to be a loser forever. Would you rather have five million new followers or $50 million in the hand? Neither of them mean anything to me. Good question. But I would say five million new followers because we now live in an attention economy. And if you manage to use those followers in the right way, you can monetize it far more than 50 million. But it also depends who you are, if you can monetize an audience, if you have anything of value. If you're a dummy, better take the money. Would you rather be this, the richest man in the world or the best fighter in the world? So best fighter and skin, richest man and a... Not good fighter. I was going to say pussy, but I don't use that kind of language. <laughs> me neither. My daughter's watching. Me, me, me neither. I never swear. Um, <laughs> Good question. I would choose the richest man in the world because uh, physical power is fleeting, unfortunately, and the richest man in the world would allow you to have a longer period of enjoyment. Mm. It would just last longer. Mm. What's your biggest failure? I've failed to yet free everybody. I don't, but you know what? I don't think I want to free everybody because if everybody's free, the world would be pretty chaotic. I don't know what my biggest failure is. I don't, I've never really actually thought about that question. I, I, I don't think in the paradigm of failure. I, every day for me is a winning day. It's just how much I've won. Mm. Perhaps I haven't won 100%. Perhaps I've won 62%. But every day I win, I don't fail ever. So it's hard for me to even answer that question. To even contemplate the idea of failing for me is very difficult. I, it just doesn't happen. What's your biggest regret? Again, these are paradigms and ideas I don't exist in. It's like another language to me. I can't think of regret. I don't operate in the realm of regret. I operate in cause and effect operate in the harsh realities, binary decisions. I don't operate in re re regret. I don't operate in failure. I can't imagine myself regretting something. I can't imagine myself failing. I, I can't. Mm. Right. Penultimate round. The what do you think of round. Great. What do you think of the cancellation attempt of Joe Rogan? Yeah, that was ridiculous, but Joe Rogan is obviously too large to cancel. You get to a certain level of status. It's called saint status. Patrick Brett Davis said that to me, and it's perfect when you have large organizations that support you, and UFC was behind Joe Rogan. Spotify stayed beside him, but they were thinking about deplatforming him, but he couldn't be deplatformed anyway because he had UFC behind him. When you get to a certain point of money and status, you can't be deplatformed, which is why they came for me before I got there. Once you get to a certain level, you can't be deplatformed. But yeah, they attacked him for telling the truth. In fact, correction, they didn't even attack him for telling the truth. They attacked him for asking a question. And they asked a question to somebody who then told the truth. And they thought that that means he needs to be deleted. And everybody knows, if anyone who's ever read a history book, that the people who do not like the truth being told or the people who try and censor arguments are always the bad guys. They are the tyrants. So everybody who came for Joe Rogan is a, is a bad person. They're genuinely a bad person in their hearts. They work for the devil. What do you think of Kanye West buying Parler? Interesting. I think that the more people who escape the matrix or understand the information they obtain from matrix-controlled platforms is controlled, the better. There are a lot of Twitter alternatives now. I'm on Getter, possibly. Uh, per personally, I'm on Getter, G-E-T-T-R. But there's Getter, there's Parler, there's True Social. There's a lot of Twitter alternatives popping up. I think overall, it's a good thing for people to understand they must get the truth and more information outside of the matrix of platforms. But I do like, would like the idea of us all to centralize on one. It's starting to get a bit split out, spread out, the Twitter alternatives. The great thing about Rumble, where I am, is that the only serious YouTube alternative. So if you want video, like YouTube, without censorship, you go to Rumble. It's the only place to go, which mm. just makes them very powerful. And the more powerful they are, the harder they are to attack. If they're all spread out with lots of different platforms, they're going to get wrecked. Because the large companies are going to come for them financially, legally. They're going to find ways to destroy them. Mm. You need to get together. Strengthen numbers. Yeah. What do you think of Elon Musk buying, not buying, buying, not buying, buying, not buying Twitter? <laughs> 
Good question. I'm a massive Elon fan. I was so happy when he was going to buy it. When he said he wasn't, I was genuinely disappointed because it's more important than money. Free speech is more important than money. So when he was saying it's not worth it because of bots, I was like, bro, I don't care about money. You, There's no way you can care about money. Like, come on, my friend. This is more important than that. This is about the freedom of Earth. But perhaps it was all part of a plan. He's obviously a very intelligent man. I don't want to be arrogant. He must know some things I perhaps don't know. Mm. But, but you wouldn't like, want to overpay for something, would you? I would for Twitter. Would you? I'd give up every single penny I have for Twitter, even if it wasn't worth it. All of it. Right. 100% all of yeah. it. Because then you get to control information. Mm. And you get to reopen the world to free speech. That's more important than money. I'd overpay for Twitter all day long. Mm. But perhaps he's less ideological than me. But maybe he, maybe he knows things I don't know. But it looks like he's buying it in the end now, which I think mm. is good for the world. Because we need free speech. Free speech allows different ideas. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that you know, everything I say is, is, is uh, all the people on my side are completely right. All the people on the other side are completely right. The truth is usually somewhere in the middle. But if you delete one side of the argument, you never get to the truth. Yeah. That's why it's so important. Mm. What do you think of all the lawsuits against Alex Jones of InfoWars and, you know, all the families of the um, deceased children suing him? Yeah, I understand he may have said some things he shouldn't have said. However, do I think he owes a billion dollars for that? Absolutely not. not. What did I say was stage three of three stages? Stage one is they silence you. I think he's been deleted from everything. Stage two is they use the law to try and fuck you. So I think that Alex is on stage two, unfortunately. Am I saying he's right in what he said? No, I don't know the details of what he said. I don't know the details of the event. However, he does live in a country with First Amendment protection. He should have free speech. And the fact they're charging him a billion dollars for saying a few things is kind of crazy. Also, nobody's right all the time, right? He's a conspiracy theorist, but he's right 99% of the time. And then they find the one time he may have been a bit wrong and fucking wreck him. They're not doing that because they care about justice. They're doing it because he's on stage two of the three stages. Use the legal system to absolutely not only decimate an individual who they do not like. That's what it is. So it's certainly personal, which makes it unfair by definition. Mm. If it's a personal attack, then it can't be a fair attack, can it? We're all supposed to be the same under the law. So I think it's unfair. Mm. What do you think of the woke left versus Jordan Peterson? The woke left are hateful people. Jordan Peterson is extremely intelligent. The woke left are full of hate. They weaponize virtue to pretend they care about others because they're such hateful, nasty people that they need to hide behind something. They did the same to me. There's not a single woke leftist who attacked me for being misogynist, which donates to women's charities like I do. Not a single one who's built an orphanage like I have. Not a single one who takes stray dogs from the streets in Romania like I have. Not a single one who's prevented anyone from suicide. Nothing. They just took fake virtue, weaponized it, pumped it full of their own hate, because they're hate-filled, and attacked me with it. The woke left are the most hateful, divisive, intolerant people on the planet. There's no point in calling for tolerance for different skin colors if you do not tolerate tolerance of ideas. What's the point in that? To say that we love diversity, but only if everybody looks different, but thinks exactly the same. Is that diversity? No, sir, it is not. Diversity is not only that we look different, that we think different, that we act slightly differently. That's truly diversity. These people are not for diversity or inclusion or tolerance, they are hate-filled, feral psychopaths. They attack me and they attack anybody who has any influence over the world, which does not absolutely and utterly go lockstep in line with their insane dogma and doctrine. So that concludes the end of part two. So go listen to the next episode now. But remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. <laughs> <laughs>